Welcome to the Scalable Solutions Podcast. If you're looking to scale or start a successful online business up to $10 million, but have struggled to scale the three marketing mountains of copywriting, e-commerce, and digital marketing, the Scalable Solutions Podcast is your new base camp. You now have a serial entrepreneur behind you who's reached multiple summits of success to answer your questions so you can scale and start a successful online business. Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to come together as brothers in Christ and uh, hope to glorify you through um, this podcast and uh, just pray that it would be a blessing to those who hear it. Uh, pray that they would receive practical and um, actionable insights that they can um, use in their businesses and in their life. And we just thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to our audience, and Martin, thank you so much for, for making time. Thank you, Wayne. Uh, very well said. Uh, we're all stewards, stewards of Christ, and using the gifts that he has given us. Um, I feel that one of the gifts he has given me is uh, a certain way of thinking that allows uh, e-commerce scaling, system scaling, uh, to really progress. And so I'm hoping to help people that are trying to go on a similar journey um, with what I have learned online. Fantastic, fantastic. And as uh, an entrepreneur who's seen significant success, mixed, of course, with some failure. Can you share a bit about your journey? So failure is very strong. Uh, right wing, that's where I feel like a lot of the learning really takes place. Um, so I've been basically trying to start a business since I was saved at age six. So uh, met with a lot of met with a lot of failures, um, especially because I kind of fell away from the faith for about twenty years and then returned and was uh, greatly blessed after that. Um, so I started making my own websites, coding in Notepad when I was twelve. And kind of just never stopped. I was always on my computer, gaming most of the time. <laughs> but uh, also in games, I was always running the economies. Uh, so I was basically doing what I do now, but in games rather than with <clears throat> actual money. So uh, that that like gift that was given me never departed, but it took me a long time to maximize that. Um, eventually, I started my own um, e-commerce marketing uh, consultancy and uh, small agency, and I did that for about uh, four or five years after working in-house on either side of that. So I worked in-house for as an e-commerce head of digital marketing, uh, both before and after starting my own agencies. Um, and then finally culminated in my first relatively successful agency that allowed me to have enough stability to kind of invest in my first e-commerce venture. Um, if, if, you're a, if you're currently a freelancer or if you're working contract or if you are you know, have a small agency or consulting, something like that, you probably know how fickle clients are and how fickle your income can be, uh, which makes it really difficult to plan for the future. That's where I was. It makes it very difficult to save money. Uh, and all of a sudden, you can have the rug completely pulled off from under you. And that's tough. And, but it happens. And um, there is most definitely sacrifice before there is gain, um, as Jesus demonstrated for us. Awesome. 
Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, what, what would you say is critical in the early stages of starting an online business? So if you're starting out, you're, you're, unless you just happen to have enough money to start forming your team right away, you're going to have to be a jack of all trades and you're going to have to teach yourself a lot of different skills. And you're going to have to get used to the fact that you won't be able to do anything as perfectly as you want. Uh, because if you're not specializing in a certain area, then of course you're going to have to make compromises across all areas. And but if you don't if you don't have a budget, uh, for example, my my first e-commerce company was basically started with about five hundred dollars. So that means you have to do everything yourself. You have to teach yourself everything. And we will make available a list of tools uh, that I recommend and use on a daily basis to help you hit the ground running because there's a ton of different tools out there, a lot of really good ones, uh, and a lot of a lot of the ones that don't scale that well. And since we're all about scale here, um, I'll recommend you the ones that I personally use. Uh, I don't make any money from the recommendations. I'm not affiliated with them in any way, um, but it is what I use on a daily basis. I'm familiar with it. And like I said, I've tested hundreds of different tools and SASs and apps. And so these are what I find work very well, um, both when you're starting out and at scale. Sometimes they're not always the cheapest or free. Um, so if if five dollars or ten dollars is if you're in if you're in a position where five or ten dollars is making a big difference to you, then we'll have alternatives listed as well. But if you can't afford an extra twenty or thirty dollars a month uh, for these different tools, I recommend starting right away um, versus switching later because it will save you time, and time will quickly become your most valuable resource uh, as soon as you start getting some revenue flowing in. Speaking of time, uh, were there ever times when others may have thought of you as a failure even? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So that's a really good question. Um, I was actually sitting in a lift uh, when I was visiting the States. I'm originally uh, from the States. And he was sort of asking, he was seeing me kind of working on my iPad because I try to maximize, uh, maximize my time. And... He asked me, well, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm working. He's like, oh, what, what, what kind of work do you do? And I said, well, I actually own some e-commerce companies. And he's like, that's awesome. You, you own your own companies and, and kind of have a lot of freedom. And um, he said, does that really work? And I'm like, yeah, actually, it does. Um, but he said, well, what did it take? And I said, well, it's going to take you having no money and everyone thinking you're a failure for about 10 years. <laughs> and his face just, just dropped. And... Um, but that, that is what it takes for more. Um, you know, I, I remember some really hard times and eating one meal a day, um, not being able to afford to have my car inspected. So then the apartment complex wanted to tow it, which means I was never going to have a car again. You couldn't even afford the sticker, much less affording a towing company to, to pay for that. So just, just really, really, um, financial rock bottom times. But this is a common story for every entrepreneur. Um, if you go and read a biography of any, especially any multimillionaire, but any, any millionaire is always going to have a story like this behind them. It's, it's very rare that, um, statistically rare in the U.S. for uh, millionaires to not be self-made at this point, uh, especially because of the, the tech boom and all that. But um, there's this concept of generational money in the States. It's, it doesn't really pan out in the, in the actual statistics. So most of them came from, from nothing. And uh, I've been. I grew up. I grew up poor. I was incredibly poor during the 2008 crash, uh, which was sort of right after I quit university to 
when I realized it was a bad return on investment. <laughs> and I didn't want to end up in the trap, though. I knew that if I were to take a, uh, a low-paying part-time or a full-time job that was eating up all my time, I was never going to get out of that trap. Uh, because time, time is always the most valuable resource. And when you're spending all your time exchanging it for money, especially a low amount of money, um, you can quickly end up in a trap that is very difficult to escape unless you're able to work in some kind of office job where you can use some of the time that you're at work to put towards your side hustle. Um, but if, if you're at a, a job where you can't do that and it's eating up all your time, uh, this could be a tough situation to escape. Uh, the alternative also isn't really that friendly either. It's what, what I was in, not eating. <laughs> so uh, facing homelessness, uh, that sort of thing. But that's a level of commit you'll have to have if, uh, or most likely you'll have to have if you want to do this. Now, if you're blessed with uh, some savings or stable income, but still enough time to, to, to side hustle, to consult, to freelance, uh, that's the best position to be in, um, for sure. And make use of that uh, while you can. In your opinion, um, speaking of hard times and things like that, when do the majority of entrepreneurs give up? Um, and why do you think that is? I actually don't know the statistics on that. I think that would be tough to gauge, actually, because... I mean, we all know, of course, that uh, the statistics talking about the, the vast majority of small businesses or, or startups that fail, uh, something like 90%. Y Combinator, I believe, only has about a one in three success rate, even, you know, that's sort of the best of the best there uh, in some ways in the tech space. So obviously, most of them fail. Um, that doesn't mean the individual has failed, far from it. Um, I've I probably started probably around a dozen companies that failed um, that, or, or never took off the ground, never hardly made any money or made just barely enough money for me to kind of subsist on until they eventually failed. Um, so, but you, that's right how you learn. And that's why I said uh, to the driver in that lift that it was going to take 10 years um, because that's about how long it takes to, to get really good at something and you learn the most from failure. So you're just going to have to keep failing. And it takes perseverance until you succeed to succeed. So however long that takes, however many failures that takes, um, you can never quit. Now, you should know when to quit a failing company, which is a completely different discussion and, and also difficult to know. But that doesn't mean you should quit trying from the whole scheme of things. That doesn't mean you should quit trying to start your own company or quit trying to to follow your entrepreneurial dreams. Um, you have to keep pursuing those until you succeed, if you want to succeed. It's an interesting dichotomy you just brought up between business failure and personal uh, success or failure. So you see the two as really separate. Completely separate. Absolutely. Yep. It is why everyone else will think you're a failure for however many years, because everyone is going to think you're a failure until you're not. Um, so all they're going to see is you don't have a regular job, or you're not you know, 9 to 5, or you're not fitting in with everyone else, or you're not going to school, or you're not inside, you know, insert normal for your culture here kind of thing. Um, but you know, no one will really understand that. Um, if you are married or in some kind of relationship, your significant other needs to understand and support you in this. Um, well, that's not going to last, unfortunately. But the uh, I'm, I'm lucky that that my wife was. But the 
it's a tough road. Um, but just because your companies or your efforts or your startup or whatever it is, just because XYZ failed, it doesn't make you a failure. It just means you just learned and you won't repeat that same mistake, hopefully. Uh, so that makes your next attempt that much more likely to succeed. Well said, well said. Um, in a book that you mentioned in some of our conversations, you say uh, Felix Dennis, uh, the book is The Narrow Road, talks about being uh, chained to the tiger of ambition. He calls it chained to uh, the tiger of ambo, uh, driven towards business, business success and the kind of the narrow road to riches is um, the idea there. Can you share your thoughts on that? Sure. So Felix Dennis is um, a secular entrepreneur. Feels, you know, from a um, physical standpoint, is incredibly successful and has, a, again, a very similar story of being completely destitute um, until he wasn't. And he's wrote a couple of, of solid books on the path. Um, they're humorous and sardonic and somewhat sarcastic and cynical, but they are also very, very true. <laughs> so, um, so there's a chapter in there in, in The Narrow Road where he talks about the tiger chain to your tail, which I used to call um, the voice. Um, and I don't mean that in like, I hear voices, but just as in something that doesn't let you rest. And that kind of uh, drive... I think most of the, or most or all of the self-made, at least the multi-millionaire levels, will will agree to having something similar. Felix Dennis calls it the tiger. You, know, you call it what you will, but it's whatever it is that never allows you to give up completely, and never allows you to accept not being what you are, which is you know an entrepreneur or self-made business owner. Like I said, I was either going to make it work or I was going to live under a bridge. And even when I was living under a bridge, I would not have stopped trying. Uh, so that level of drive, call it what you will, is a requirement if you're going to come from nothing to something, or as Felix Dennis calls it, if you're going to walk the narrow road. Some would say that's like overly fanatical. How would you respond to people like that? Uh, I would say they're probably healthier mentally than I am. (laughs) (laughs) So if you can, if you don't have to do this, then, then... I envy you a little bit, <laughs> so um, you'll you'll know it. You, you you'll either you'll go until you accomplish it, or you won't, and then and you'll be okay with that. And then that means that you don't have whatever uh, whatever tiger I have, <laughs> or Felix Dennis has, or you know, insert entrepreneur name here that is now successful, but you know, at some point was most likely starving to death. <laughs> so um, yes, it's. I, I would say that those kind of people will make excellent employees, um, possibly excellent even you know C level or, or that sort of thing. But um, that perhaps you should not pursue um, owning it, uh, which is nothing wrong with that at all. In fact, um, so because every company needs a lot more employees than owners. So uh, and there's you know some stability and peace to be had in uh, a type of stability and peace to be had in being an employee that you won't have as an owner, but at the same time, that that owner can always get rid of you. And so there's a different kind of stability and peace if you own it. Um, So it just depends on 
what kind of person you are, what kind of personality you are, what gifts God has given you, because we, we aren't all the same. Um, so uh, it's important to use what gifts you've been given and, and we'll try to identify what the gifts you've been given and to use them. Do you ever feel that the drive can kind of redline into the area of like compulsion or uh, basically being unhealthy? Uh, with following the, the tiger or whatever is leading someone. I'd have to look up the official clinical definition of compulsion <laughs> to answer that. Uh, but it's 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 that's what we mean. When, that's what we we mean when we say that. Whatever term we're using, that that's what we mean. We cannot rest um, until we accomplish whatever. It is. Um, and it comes and goes. Uh, I always rest on Sundays. Uh, sometimes, some Sundays that's more difficult than others. Um, but I do try to uh, make sure that I do not work on Sundays. Uh, obviously, we're Christians, so uh, we're not under the law. But uh, God still rested one day out of out of seven, so I try to do that as well. Uh, that being said, uh, the other six days of the week, I'm not really allowed. To, I don't chill a lot. <laughs> you know, I don't. Um, even now, where you know, I'm in a lot much more stable position than I was, I don't. I don't really. I don't watch YouTube. I don't have social media accounts. I don't, I don't watch much Netflix. None of the, the usual, I guess, things that people would do. Um, and then when you're growing something, you're, you're most definitely not doing that. Any of that, you're you're, you're really not doing anything else except for working. Um, and if you're smart, you're getting enough sleep, and you're exercising, and you're eating well. But then. I'll, the rest of the time you're working. <laughs> so um, people would call it unhealthy probably, but that's what it takes. Uh, if you're, if you're, if you're going to do this for nothing, uh, that's what it's going to take. And hopefully you're doing this in your twenties when you have plenty of energy and that sort of thing. Um, it does get harder in your third. I'm in my little bit past my mid thirties. So um, I definitely see a little bit of a difference in the want despite the fact that I still eat clean and exercise and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, hopefully you're in your 20s when you're doing all this. <laughs> Is there, would you say there's a correlation between business success and personal freedom, on the other hand, uh, in terms of like purpose, relationships, choices, decisions for entrepreneurs? Well, are you talking about um, after your business quote unquote succeeds? Right. Yeah. So that's someone that's kind of like, you know, looking forward to the uh, day. Okay. And, um, um, honestly, I don't think that that's what drives people like us. Um, we just have that drive. The end result isn't, I never thought, I mean, obviously I had certain goals, right? Uh, when I get to this financial, fiscal goal or financial goal, I can stop working all my, you know, my, my, my client jobs or whatever. Cause I was, you know, working, I had agency client contract and then I was working my side hustle. I was looking forward to when it flipped and my side hustle became my main job. But then I was looking forward to when I could have a team of a certain number of people and, and sort of things like that. But I've never been like, Oh, you know, I'm going to sit here and earn enough money to get a yacht or something like that. Uh, so I would say that generally speaking, the revenue is only the end goal as in so much as the, it's a reflection of the company's health uh, rather so much than I want, I want to get a certain amount of money so I can, I don't know, go move to Maui or something. Um, but for but there is definitely a ceiling on your income if you are an employee. 
and there is no ceiling on your income if you own your own company. So it's the only way to get, um, you know, limitless wealth, say, uh, or something like that. I mean, I'm not saying it. Limitless wealth should be one's even main desire, but you're never going to have. Um, the kind of freedom that a business owner has if you're an employee, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Um, there's a phrase that sprung up uh, probably not too long ago called a wantrepreneur. <laughs> um, those that want to be like you and kind of want to do what you do. Um, for those who feel as if they're chained to a career and don't see another path, um, would you encourage them towards business success and, and kind of the freedoms that may arise from it? I only encourage it if this is what somebody wants to do and can't not do. Um, if, if you're already in a, in a career, especially a career that may have taken you a significant amount of effort to get into, you're probably not of the kind of mindset um, to create you know, create your own company and the difficulties that come with that. Now, if all of a sudden you are kind of regretting that, or you really have just, you've seen the writing on the wall, either in terms of, um, you know, perhaps your role, you see your role getting replaced by a robot or by computers or something like that, where you don't see your role being around in one year or five years or 10 years, uh, or you, you hate your career now, something like that, you know, and all of a sudden you're really interested. Basically, if, if you're already doing some kind of side hustle, then you probably have it. Um, and I assume that you're probably listening to this only if you have some kind of side hustle going on. Uh, and so, yeah, you're in a great, you're in a great spot potentially to create something because you have, um, a solid income stream through your job as long as it gives you enough time to pursue something uh, then you're in a pretty solid spot and you can use that that time and that stability to start growing something and then whenever it reaches a certain point that's when it's time to flip the switch and walk away from the career towards your company uh, so that is a great way to start something if you have the desire to do it and if someone did have that desire and really wanted to get going, I've heard the, the term thrown about guerrilla marketing. Can you kind of unpack that, uh, what that means? And have you used that uh, philosophy or, or certain tactics? And how has that helped you over the years or not? Absolutely. So guerrilla marketing was, was um, a term coined in the title of the book, guerrilla marketing. And it basically refers to doing whatever it takes get customers when you can't afford tr either tr traditional ways to do it. Uh, basically, it means some kind of creative marketing, getting creative with what you have available, and that may not be much at all. Uh, for example, I didn't have much at all to get customers uh, for my first successful e-commerce venture. I didn't know if it would work. I didn't know if people would pay for it. I didn't know. I, you know, I couldn't afford the traditional online means such as paying somebody to handle Facebook ads and that sort of thing. Um, so I had to get creative with uh, cheaper digital ads on other websites, more emerging websites that happened to have an audience that potentially appealed or uh, the target audience that I needed for my product. 
So I set up a pre-order and I used these really cheap ads and I started getting pre-orders. So then I knew that that was going to work. But basically you have to do what you have to do to get your first customers. If you can't get them any other way, it may have to be really creative. It may may be postcards. It may be flyers at the local community college. It's whatever it takes to get the target audience in front of well, onto your landing page hopefully pre-ordering your product or purchasing your product um, and then you can slowly scale from there thank you for listening martin thank you again for your time yeah thank you wayne